Hello, on today's podcast, we've got someone who's young, vibrant and exciting. We've got Izzy Wong. Now, we recorded this episode just before The 100 began and we talked to Izzy about all things cricket. How she actually got into cricket, why Birmingham Phoenix was the only team for her and why having a strong support system is integral to be a successful cricketer. Just to kick things off, just let our listeners know a little bit about how you actually got into cricket in the first place so I actually started at like um primary school so like you get to like year two right and you're allowed to join all these clubs if you want to so it's like oh like there's like chess club I went to chess club as well I was pretty good at that and then like you know it's football it's cricket whatever so I just like signed up for everything how I ended up at chess and I went to cricket it was on Thursday and you know I just quite enjoyed it and it was only like an hour and like it was just like tennis ball plastic bats sort of stuff really fun loved it like kept going, obviously. I got to like year year four and the coaches there at Complete Cricket, they were like, look, you, you're pretty good at this. I was like, oh, I like, yeah, obviously I was like nine. I was like, yeah, right, cool. Like I, enjoy, like, I like it, cool. And they're like, why don't you go and play for a club? So I was like, oh, it's sound, sound. So my dad was like to the coach, where's the nearest cricket club? And he was like, all right, it's at the end of the road. So I was like, all right, trotted off. Went there. They were like, look, like we think you're pretty good. Like, we want to nominate you to, like, go and trial at Warwickshire for, the, like, the under-11s. I was like, sad. So I've, like, gone to this trial. Like, I got in and played for Warwickshire ever since, really. Um, I had a bit of a loan spell at Worcester for a year. But other than that, yeah, I've been at Warwickshire until the last year when it's the Sparks and stuff kicks off, really. Now, we did interview your Sparks captain, Eve Jones. Um, yeah. And um, I feel like this is an, a perfect opportunity for you to redeem yourself. She's actually next door, so I might have to get her in and be like, look, this is what happened. I don't like you bad-mouthing me. <laughs> we, we jokingly asked her the question, um, who was the worst driver in the team? And she did say you. So I feel like you need to redeem yourself because I'm not quite sure she quite relayed the story the way you told us the other day. So basically what happened, I was coming out of Loughborough and is you, you could cross the M1 and there's like another road and they've been doing roadworks on this road for like ages and they'd just changed the layout of the cones. So I kind of got used to the layout of said cones and they'd changed them. So as I've come through, I was the front car at the lights, the lights gone green, I've gone forward and I've gone my usual way. And there was like, there was two fair, there was a car sized gap in the cones. So I've gone through these cones where I usually go through these cones and then I've kind of looked in front of me and there's like walls and diggers and stuff. And I'm like, oh no. So I've had to like reverse out and people beeping at me like, what are you doing? Like, I've led other people astray. They've like followed me in. And, but yeah, it was a nightmare. But I'm not sure, I don't know how she relayed it, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a very easy mistake to make, to put it that way. Well, yeah, she said to us, you just drove through a pile of cones. No, I didn't drive. Through. I very respectfully weaved in and out of them, actually. It was quite skillful. You should have been there. If you need driving <laughs> tips, ask Izzy Wong. I'm, I'm here. Pop- I'm here all week, guys. <laughs> I'm going to pass over to Georgie for the next one. can't go wrong with that. can't go wrong with that. You say you started, it was just under 11 and it's sort of gone from there. I mean, in my brain, under 11 for you is about three months ago. <laughs> as an elderly, grey-haired person, you are, you are very young. And you must, people must say this to you quite a lot. But do you feel that, does that sort of... Do you feel the pressure of that to be like, oh, I'm the young one, but people have got their eye on me. Do you feel that there's pressure for you to perform and be like, yes, I am this young star coming through? Or is it just like, now nah, give me the ball, I'm just going to rack up high 70s? <laughs> um, not now, I think. I think I could put, like, maybe like a year ago or something, I was a bit um, 
like put quite a bit of pressure on myself but like certainly I think at the moment I'm just like yeah like calm and like it's actually quite like it's a blessing because like I'm still learning so you know you look at someone like Eve like she obviously she's still learning as well but she's had a lot more learning so whereas when I make a mistake I'm like oh, okay like it's okay because like you're learning and a lot of these situations you've not been in before so if you just like if it goes badly then that's fine we'll just learn from it and do better next time um and hopefully it doesn't go badly but I think that's the kind of mindset I've got into like if it does then like worst case scenario I'll just get better next time so it's no, no dramas really and also just on the whole pressure side of things being mixed race and being half Asian do you feel a sense of pressure being one of the few in the domestic setup and if you were to get that call up to England you'd be the only second Asian player to play for England after Ishigua so does that play on your mind at all a little bit or are you just taking everything as it comes easy breezy I wouldn't say it plays my mind um but you know it's quite it's quite a privileged like position to be in I guess you know there's not many people there and hopefully um hopefully that maybe young Asian girls Asian boys can hopefully in the next couple of years look up and see a few more role models as, like especially Chinese people of Chinese descent because there's there's not that many of us playing cricket so if we could get more ones then we could we could have a team or we could call them a fun name or something but um you know I think it'd be really good and obviously like people say a lot of the time you can't be what you can't see and I think that's so important just visibility and having seeing people who you know come from similar backgrounds to you who look like you you know doing things and thinking oh I, I can do that so yeah obviously you say you're still learning and you're getting all these opportunities well you did have the opportunity at which we were all very jealous of to go to New Zealand with the England squad what was that experience like and do you have any fun exciting stories that you could divulge it was actually like possibly the best six weeks of my life and I mean two of them were in quarantine so it's it's really done quite well to you know to get up there but it was you know it's just amazing and I think you know all the other girls are saying as well they're just I think they appreciated everything so much more because of obviously the Covid situation here to actually be able to go to New Zealand and there's like no Covid and it was like okay like you're free and we were like well what if we want to get a coffee and they're like that's okay and we're like do we have to wear a mask and they're like no and it's ah but you know I think it was like it was just so like not I suppose eye-opening is a term maybe but I think it was just a massive like I just loved every second of it and like just trying to learn as much as I can off the girls on the pitch but you know also off the pitch kind of how they go about themselves and how they represent themselves around you know being on tour was really really enjoyable and really useful I think and do you have any fun stories that you could share any fun stories from that tour? what did we do Queenstown was probably where most well, I mean I was concussed for the last week of it so there's probably little stories coming from that half because I can't remember anything but we went in Queenstown where did we go oh, we went on a helicopter that was amazing and like we went so we went in this helicopter and then we were like 15 minutes and we were on the top of a glacier and it was just like ice and snow and Maka, Maka, uh, the bowling uh, assistant coach, was on the helicopter and he's from Perth, I think. And he was like, it's the first time I've ever seen snow. We were like, wow. And then like five minutes later, we're on the beach. And then we went up to Milford Sound and it was just amazing. Like the views are incredible. I was a bit scared, to be fair, because helicopters are always a bit, you know, I, I just look at them and I think, how do they get up there and how do they get down? We but, wanted to take a ball up to a glacier and bowl a ball in the snow. 
<laughs> I have actually got a um, I've got a little boomerang of Tammy, I think, kind of, and she, she kind of like, oh, threw me a ball and like threw me a ball of snow and like I'll catch it. <laughs> it's pretty cool to be fair. There was a video posted to the ECB account of you bowling. I don't know if you saw some of the comments, but they seem to think you were Stuart Broad. Is that something that you take on the chin being compared to someone else? Or is it a compliment to be, I suppose, compared to one of England's uh, successful bowlers? Well, like you said, one of England's most successful seamers ever. So, you know, nothing only a compliment it was a bit of a fluke to be fair it just kind of like literally it was like first ball Henry was like I'm just gonna put this here and then you know the accidental Yorker everyone's got an accidental Yorker well the accidental Yorker came out and like just pinged the phone and my first thought was oh no that's Henry's phone and like it's just been hit with a cricket ball that's not a good sign but it was all right so all calm all calm and do you think that maybe it was the hairstyle that caused viewers to um the confusion. So on the topic of the hairstyles, I was discussing with you yesterday, you had a few going on. Luckily, it hasn't fallen out. Are you going to be dyeing it Birmingham Phoenix colour? Well, I have actually got a ginger patch at the back, but that's not on purpose. Um, no, so it, it was blue in New Zealand. That was kind of fun. Um, the funny story behind that, actually. So like a week before Christmas, I was like, you know what would be fun? Dye my hair blue. So bought this blue hair dye. I've read the label and it goes... Um, we'll wash out in two to three washes and I was like right wash my hair twice a week it's out by Christmas maybe I'll wash it again treat myself it'll be I'll be fine by Christmas Christmas came and went I was still blue hair three months later I still had blue hair I couldn't get rid of the stuff and I ended up having to like bleach it out from my hotel room in quarantine in New Zealand because I couldn't get this stuff out but so I think that scarred me for now I'm thinking right this is hot off the press and it's not confirmed yet but thinking like a candy floss pink going back into the regional setup for the Sparks, but open to suggestions and feedback on candy floss pink. You know what? Awkward silence. I'm all, <laughs> here. I'm all here for anything pink, so I would okay. take that. Okay. I, st- I still think a Birmingham Phoenix sort of patchy orange-yellow, but that's coming from a ginger. So you just got to yeah. Sparks. And going back to the Sparks, obviously they've had quite a good season so far. Which of you enjoyed being part of the most has it been the Rachel Hayhoe Flint or the Charlotte Edwards what's been great to like get your teeth into I think if you look at our record I'd probably say the Rachel Hayhoe Flint um no I've enjoyed them both actually I think the Rachel Hayhoe was good because we had not necessarily just because we had good games but it was highlighted because we you know we had some really good tight games and you know a nice win over the Vipers always helps doesn't it but I think the Charlotte Edwards has been a lot different and I think kind of adjusting back to T20 cricket has been a, I think that's what we struggled with as a Sparks. Obviously we haven't really played any T20s, not including county stuff for a couple of years now. So I think that shorter form of the game is, you know, just been trying to get our head around it. But I think result of the weekend against Loughborough, you know, it was a bit of a shaky one again, but we got over the line. So, you know, we're moving in the right direction. I think we're really happy with it. Yeah. And so do you think it's, it, I mean, it is great for the women's game to have so much domestic cricket. Do you think that's something that's going to really boost the future? You know, girls are going to look up to people like you playing, but they've got 50 overs, 20 overs, and then the 100. So there's so much more cricket for female players to get their teeth into. Yeah, massively. I think, you know, for us as players, we're definitely enjoying having more cricket to play in a way. You know, kind of, you know, you're playing every week and then training 
three, four times around that. So obviously with 100 now, it's going to be absolutely mental. But I think it's so positive as well. And the more the more cricket there is, the more cricket people can watch. And I think, you know, like you said, hopefully more girls will be watching you know, they've got a choice of 50 over T20 and 100 ball now. So, and even test match cricket, you know, that's coming back. So if you're more of a chilled out kind of vibe, then that's there for you. So I think it is really important that we're playing more cricket and hopefully it's going to draw a lot more people into the game. And also just on the topic of the different formats, uh, for you as a bowler, is there a certain skill set that you have for the different competitions or is it just fine tuning it, say, Say you bowl 10 overs in the hey-ho flint and then just fine-tuning it for the four overs that you bowl in the 2020. Yeah, so I think obviously the fundamental skills I reckon are pretty similar. We talk a lot about 50 over cricket, you know, being a boring bowler and just kind of giving yourself a spell and keeping plugging away, plugging away, plugging away and, you know, eventually you'll you'll get the breakthrough. Whereas I think T20 is more, I'd say you probably got to think a bit more as a bowler. I mean, I might be entirely wrong here, but I reckon... You've got to, you've probably got a wider variation of balls you're going to bowl at any one stage. And then kind of just being clever about when you're going to bowl them and what fields you're going to set to each of them. So I'd I'd definitely say they're different, but fundamentally the same. And obviously transferable skills, you know, you can bowl a Yorker in the last, probably the last 10 of a 50 over and like that's completely normal, but equally you could bowl it in just after the power play in a 20 over and that's calm as well. So there is definitely a massive crossover, but you're right, there is. A different difference as well and we can't talk about the different formats without bringing up the test match and we obviously had that amazing landmark test match in the recent england india series is that something you would have your eye on for the future pulling on that white jersey with to match the white hair and just get it all right <laughs> how would you adjust your play for that kind of match um i think test matches like so 50 over is obviously doing t20 for longer and test match the way i see it is more complicated way of doing 50 over for longer so you know it's just being really really repeatable in those skills and would and you have your eye on a, a spot in a test team is that would that be the dream I think every every you know every kid wants to play test cricket don't they I mean I I remember I was a bit young for the Ashes 05 but they in like when I was like 10 they made us watch it over and they'd start sit us down at lunch and they'd be like right okay I'm gonna watch the Ashes 05 I'm like, I don't know what's going on here but cool and you know I think everyone especially kind of my age and above really when you grew up we watched test match cricket because that was you know t20 wasn't quite there as it is now you know 50 over stuff but it was test cricket that was on the teddy so who doesn't aspire to to play test cricket in a really long-winded answer for you (laughs) in short yes you would love to play test. in short yes (laughs) and so growing up you would have been I mean, you're a bit younger than I or I am. As you say, you were 10 when you were watching reruns of 2005 Ashes. I was 10 when the 2005 Ashes was on. So a bit different. But who would you say were your role models when you were growing up watching cricket? Or did you just get involved and then find out who you, were, who you thought you wanted to be? I kind of, I wouldn't say before I got into the game, I didn't know too much. So I just kind of went and had fun and... But I think once I got, obviously, Catherine Brunt, you know, she, she's been absolutely fantastic for so long. And, you know, she is probably a massive role model, especially like, well, not even especially when I was younger, she still is now. But I remember, I remember, so the, Brendan McCullum, I think it was 2014, he came and played for the Birmingham Bears. And I remember I was at the Derby, the match against Derbyshire and he scored 100, 158 in a T20 and he just whacked it. 
and I remember being like wow this is this is cool like he's just waxed it everywhere and then that year I kind of followed him saw what he was doing and that was the first year I watched the IPL religiously he was playing for the Chennai Super Kings at the time and I just loved it so I guess he was got me into the IPL I guess and yeah loved it absolutely loved it and do you think if there were to be a women's IPL in the near or far future that's something you'd want to join oh definitely I think you know you're always looking to push yourself against the you know the best players and at the highest standard you can and you know there are some cracking players around the world right now and if you look at the men's IPL it's just a you know, it's just a festival of fantastic cricketers, really, isn't it? So, yeah, it's definitely something that'd be really, really cool. And hopefully that can be a thing soon. Just on your bowling, um, talk us through your action. Where does the pace come from? And also, do you have any tips for any aspiring bowlers to get that pace up? Yeah. So I've done quite a lot of work with Lloyd Tennant, obviously, as our Sparks head coach now. But previously, I worked with him as uh, a bowling coach. And um, we've worked quite hard just to... There's not been any major changes we've made, but just kind of streamlining a few things and keeping everything going towards the target, really. I think that's the main goal. I think you probably, I, I found personally, I bowl quickest when it's it's all kind of in sync. And I, he, he says about it, like everything just snaps into place. And I think that's quite nice. And it happens like one after the other, whereas when things are happening at the wrong time, then you lose a bit of momentum and then things don't really go to plan. So I think that's what we've kind of been working on. And action-wise, yeah, like I said, just keeping everything going at the stumps. What I'd say to a, a a younger a younger person, I would probably say just like just have fun and just challenge yourself. Don't let anyone tell you are like I what I used to hate as a kid. I used to, don't try and bowl too fast when I was like ten, and I'd be like just like run, just trying, just having fun, just like running as fast as I can. And I don't bowl too, don't try and bowl too fast. You might bowl a wide, and I'd be like, does it matter though? I just get to bowl it again. Like great, great news, but. I think especially like as as younger like just keep going and keep pushing yourself and you know I found a lot like the action will come when you get older and you do it more but like just really push yourself and just have fun with it and enjoy it because you know you're never going to put any hard work into something you don't enjoy you know I didn't put much work into English at school because I didn't enjoy it but you know bowling I love bowling so I'm you know I'll work hard for bowling because I enjoy it. And is there anyone you sort of base that your action on or is it just natural to what come, came to you? Not really, I don't think. Um, we've kind of took bits and bobs from people. But yeah, we think we're very much focused on, you know, working what we've got. And, you know, what what comes naturally to me is nine times out of ten going to be the best thing for my body, the best thing for my bowling. So why why try and replicate that but you know obviously you look at people and think oh like what's that doing like could it could we use it here could we use it there but yeah and so you've played in these various teams around the country domestic KSL like Rachel Hayo, Flint, Charlotte Edwards and pre-Covid you got to play with some international players and against different ones who has been the most not starstruck by them, but the, your favourite to play against or with and the most inspiring you've seen on the pitch? The most inspiring? i tell you what, playing with Susie Bates was pretty cool at the Vipers. Um, she was just such a calm head. And, you know, she's she's been there. She's done it. She's class. Everyone knows she's class. I remember she won us a game against, I want to say Yorkshire Diamonds at the Aegeus Bowl. And she was bowling last over and defending six. And she's like, oh, wow, what a legend, Susie. 
but yeah, I think the thing that struck me about Susie was she was just so calm. I remember she captained one of the warm up games we had, and we had a big chat. I was going to bowl a slower ball, and she was like, "Right, what field you want?" I was like, oh, "I'd probably have those two And she was like, "She goes, Wongi, I don't think they're going to hit you over your head." And I was like, "Oh, like okay." She goes, "Let's bring that one in, and if they hit you over your head, then I." I was like, right, "Okay." Ran in, bowled it, got hit over my head. And she was like, she just came back to me. She was like, oh, oh well, I owe you. And I was like, yeah, to be fair, you know, just very chilled. I think that was that was massive and just really relaxed, which was nice. Um, playing against, oh, I know I've played with her as well, but Amy Jones, when she's on song, goodness me. I remember I bowled at her at the Aegeus Bowl again against Lightning. And she got, I think she got 80, 80 red in T20 and just looked very good. And, you know, you're kind of running in thinking, not sure where this is going to go when it comes off the bat, because it could go anywhere, including 10 rows back. You know, you saw how she batted against Storm this season. She's absolutely outstanding. So she's 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 up there as well. And so obviously she's a Sparks teammate of yours. Do you feel like you've got a, a good set of hands behind the sticks when you're bowling with Amy there? Well, we've got her for the 100 as well. I've been quite lucky, but oh, she's outstanding. She's outstanding. She makes... She makes very hard things look very easy, which I think is one of the things that people don't necessarily appreciate. And I think we definitely don't appreciate her as a team as much just because she does make it look so easy. You know, it never looks like she's doing anything spectacular. But you watch the replay, she's like, ah, she's done that. And, you know, it is remarkable. So, yeah, complete trust in her behind the stumps as well. Um, you know, who wouldn't? She's the best, best keeper in the world. We can't talk to Izzy Wong, speed bowler, without talking about the 80 miles an hour barrier. How does it feel to think that you could potentially do that? And there is talk about it. Yeah, I mean, that's like, you know, I think a lot of people talk about it, but it's not really something that's really in my mind. Like, I don't I don't think about it. Like, I don't wake up and think, oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think I kind of, I think I said it initially as a bit of a throwaway comment. Not a throwaway comment, but just as a sort of, well, someone's got to eventually so it's got to be someone and you know why not why not push yourself but yeah I mean not necessarily imminent I think but it's definitely something that I think women's cricket as a whole is probably working towards around the world and you know there are some cracking bowlers out there aren't there so you know it's not well it's not necessarily a race but you know I'm sure that someone's going to get there eventually so why not have a go so just on your bowling um, is there anything in particular in your run-up when you're going through the process of your run-up? Um, is there anything particularly that you're thinking about in your mind or really just trying to just be like bowl it full and straight? This is really this is really weird. So I've changed my run-up probably the last last year or so. But before that, I used to count my steps. And it was like the only thing I did when I was running out. I can remember I'd go like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And and it was like a just a thing I did. I didn't do it on purpose. I just kind of got into the habit of it. Maybe I just know when to bowl when I got to 10. But I don't think I think of anything much now, just trying to keep in training, I guess, trying to keep keep going and not kind of not lose any momentum. So once I've got going, just gradually trying to build up that, that pace in the run-up. But then I think when you're in a game, you know, hopefully you've done all the prep. So once you're on the pitch, you can just focus on what you're trying to bowl and... I think looking for cues off the bat as well because you know people move about the crease and stuff like that. So you've to a certain extent got to be watching them. And if they're if they start moving about and misbehaving, then you've got to be like, what am I going to do here? Because 
if I bowl it where I was going to bowl it, am I going to get whacked? If I bowl it somewhere else, am I going to get whacked? So, yeah, I think just trying to be really clear and then, you know, enabling you to make those decisions last minute if needed. And so, obviously, we're talking to you as you've just entered the Birmingham Phoenix 100 bubble. How are you feeling about the 100 starting? Because we saw you last week talking all about gender parity, which is just something amazing for this. What's the plan looking to the 100? Is there a new plan, game plan, or are you just buzzing to get going? Buzzing to get going, absolutely buzzing. We had our first session today, and it was just, like, it was amazing. It wasn't even, like, that amazing. It's the same nets we usually use at Sparks. Yeah, it was like the same outfield we'd fielding on. It was the same changing room, but I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. It just felt like really special. Um, we've got a really good group of girls here. So yeah, just really looking forward to getting underway and playing some matches. But, you know, it just feels like a massive event. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to love it as a player. So hopefully people can love watching it and get involved in cricket. And on the gender parity side, obviously you're staying in the same bubble hotel as boys do you feel like that's a really big step yeah massively I think it was mentioned the other week that the kind of one club two teams mantra and I think that's you know that is massive and I think that shows the women's game kind of definitely going in the right direction and not just women's game but the game in general I say yeah it is really exciting obviously it's pretty nice I've made a mess of it already I've been in 20 minutes but yeah I think it's massive for us that we feel like really valued and like we've got kind of that sense of responsibility that, you know, we can go out there and perform and stuff like that. And just on your 100 team, you are playing for the Birmingham Phoenix. Was there ever a possibility that you would play for somewhere else or did you ever consider playing for somewhere else or was it always going to be Birmingham Phoenix? I think it's always going to be Birmingham Phoenix, really. I mean, I was, I'm a, I was actually born in London, but, you know, the entirety of my cricket career has been in Birmingham. And, you know, I I definitely say it's my home city. It's I've lived here 15 years and I absolutely love it. And especially the West Midlands as a whole, you know, what cricket in the West Midlands has done for me and given me, you know, I'm so grateful for. So to actually be able to go out there at my home stadium, for my home team, in my home city, and just go out there and give a tiny tiny little bit back I'm just so grateful for and hopefully other people can get as much from cricket as it's as I've got from it because you know it's just it's mad really and yeah I'm really excited to play for Birmingham to be honest never in never in doubt I'd say I mean they might not want me next year but you know this year I'm here you can't get rid of me (laughs) and so obviously we we spoke to your mum when we were talking about um legend Mother things, yes, the legend that fed you cheese rolls. Yeah, love yeah, cheese rolls. Is, it, is your family someone that really supports you through your cricket career and you chat them all the time while you're in the bubble? Yeah, they've been really supportive. You know, both my parents are actually really clever. Um, they both went to Cambridge and did all sorts of intelligent things. But, you know, there was, I wouldn't say there was never any academic stress, but certainly they, they you know, the the thing when I was growing up and same with my brother was always if you don't enjoy it don't do it so I played quite a lot of tennis when I was little Buster started playing tennis when he was old enough to play tennis and he was rubbish at it and hated it and they were like right let's just stop then and sorry Buster I've just outed you for being bad at tennis I'm sure you'll get over it but yeah I think that was just so important it just really supportive of everything just if you don't enjoy it don't do it and at school 
well, obviously I went away to boarding school for a couple of years, well, for five years. And I think the kind of communications from my parents and the house mistress and the cricket staff, like it was all really good that when I got to kind of 15, 16, they were like, oh, Izzy, what do you want to do? Like, do you want, do you want to go to university? Do you want to study? Do you want to, do you want to be a weather girl? Like, do you want to, or do you want to play cricket? And I was like, well, I want to play cricket. And they were like, right, okay. Like, we know where your priorities are as your parents, as your house mistress, as your coaches. So let's make that happen. And if you're, you know, if you're late to a lesson because you've been in the gym or, you know, we'll cut you slack and, you know, everyone's really good about that. So definitely, I think the whole environment has been massive, but yeah, I'll definitely some in, in the bubble. We've just got cat as well, Ziggy. She's like the cutest, cutest cat I've ever seen. So I'm going to be FaceTiming them to speak to Zig and them, of course. And so if you were a weather girl, would you be able to predict it for these games instead of them being washed out? Well, I mean, I'd like to say it's going to be very sunny. I mean, that conversation, that was an, act, that was an actual conversation. I've not just put that up. So um, I, we chose our GCSE options at the end of year nine. And most, so there were like three humanities. So there's like history, geography and philosophy, which was like RE. So I basically didn't want to do any humanities for my GCSEs. And like, I remember when we, so they pulled our whole year, like in our house, there were like 15 of us, maybe not 15, like 10. And we were sat in the office and they were like, right, okay, like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing like geography, French and Latin. Okay. And they're like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, like DT, computer science and PE. And everyone was like, what if, what, why aren't you doing a humanity? I was like, well, I don't like humanities. And they were like, oh, what if you want to be a weather girl? And I actually looked, I, was like, I looked at them and then I looked down and I looked back at them. I was like, trust me, I don't want to be a weather girl. No offence to weather girls, like they do a great job. But, you know, I'd rather play cricket in the nice weather than be a weather girl, I think. You never know. If cricket doesn't work, you could be the Birmingham Phoenix weather girl. You can... I mean, I've heard it's a key role. I have heard it's a key role. But I think I've learned. Is it Becky Wood? Becky Wood, the, the lady who does the Bears Den TV. She's a weather girl and she's she's not very good at predicting the weather. I, just I, go, by, I, I go by Carol on BBC Breakfast. <laughs> yeah, so you're back in the bubble. Um, it's bubble life. When's your first game? How long have we got now? So I actually have a calendar. I've got a Where's Wally calendar. Where's Wally? You didn't think this would come out, did you? So what day is it today? Thursday. We've got a warm-up match next Wednesday. And then our first game is next Friday at Edgebaston. The Fortress. And will you be watching the first game between the Open Invincibles and um, Manchester Originals, which is going to be obviously mega on Wednesday, first game of ever? Yeah, so exciting! Um, of course, I mean we so we finish at twelve thirty our our warm up game that day, so I will be tuning in to watch that because oh my god, like it's just so exciting, isn't it? And you know, you've got to scout the other teams as well. But yeah, I, I just like watching cricket, to be honest. So I'll, I'll be tuning in, of course, to watch that massive spectacle. You mentioned earlier also about how the men men's team and the women's team are both under one brand, which you really liked. How important for you as a player is it that the prize money is equal for this tournament? I, I think it's really important. You know, it's, it's, it's paving the way in women's sport. You know, there's... I, I don't think there are too many sports where that's the case. And yeah, I think it's really important that, you know, we feel valued as, you know, part of the competition. And yeah, it's massive for us that, you know, it's 
it's it's getting there we're going in the right direction and I think it's just really exciting and it's such an exciting time to be involved in women's cricket and so it's just gonna get bigger and better from here I think what about you I mean you know fingers crossed we, you know, we, like, we like going forwards and we like going up we don't like going down and backwards so you know hopefully hopefully everything can keep going and keep moving in the right direction I think part of the you know there is responsibility on us as players to do that because you know, if we all play really badly, then, you know, people won't want to watch it. And so I think, but it is nice that, you know, we're getting the backing, especially from, you know, the ECB, the hundreds, just to be able to go out and play cricket and express ourselves and, you know, get the rewards for that. And talking of moving forwards and upwards, I'm guessing forwards and upwards for you is England. Have you got your eyes on a spot in the next year, two years, you know, where are you going from here? Or are you kind of focusing on the here and now? It's a really tough one, isn't it? I think, you know, you can't you can't get too carried away with what you think and what you want to do because, you know, you, you, you forget what you're doing now and, you know, nothing's ever going to happen in the future if you don't do anything now. So I try and just focus on what I'm doing. I mean, I'm a day in, I mean, I'm, I reckon I'm a morning and afternoon girl. You know, I need to look in the morning, what am I doing this morning? And then the afternoon's a different story. But yeah, just trying to keep it really, really low key and just do what I'm doing now and do that the best I can. And then we'll just do the next thing and then we'll just do the next thing. And then we might go to bed and then do the next thing and just kind of keep going like that. And, you know, I know it's not very exciting to hear about, but yeah, like I said, just just taking it as it is and, because that's that's the only bit that's guaranteed, you know. I I never know what's going to happen. I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. I could I could fall down the stairs this afternoon, and that's me out of it. So I might as well do this afternoon the best I can. And because that's the only what, what I'm doing now is the only thing I've got, isn't it? Until the next bit happens, then I'll do that as best I can. So yeah, I mean I'm not planning on falling down the stairs, but if it happens, then at least I've got a comfort in that I did this morning as best I could. But if you were a weather girl. And you fell down the stairs, you'd still be able to do it. Well, I don't know, because they're always kind of standing and pointing and, you know, bringing in breezes from, from the West. So, you know, I feel like if you fell down the stairs, you might not have that in the locker anymore. <laughs> okay, so to round off, Hannah and Alex normally do a few little fun questions. So, Alex, um, can you kick it off? Yeah, so I always like to start with this one, and it is favourite musician or artist? Favourite musician or artist? That is a big question because it depends what mood I'm in, but I feel like as an unwritten rule, anything by Kygo is pretty good. I like the Royston Club at the moment, um, bit bit smaller, but some decent tunes to be fair, but that's a bit more like, ooh, like not you know ready to go sort of thing. Um, do I have a favourite song? I wouldn't say I have a favourite song because... It, yeah, like I said, it just depends on it depends what I'm doing. If I'm if I'm in the gym, I don't want to be listening to you know something a bit more laid back. But equally, if I'm just chilling, I don't want to be listening to something really really heavy and in your face. Favorite genre of music. Favorite genre of music. That's actually a really hard question. I I feel like I've got a pretty pretty broad pretty broad liking of music really I wouldn't say I've got a favorite genre it's like I said earlier it's just what I'm in the mood for and sometimes I'm in the mood for like a bit of you know a bit of pop just when it's just like easy like sometimes you want a bit more kind of alternative like sometimes I'm playing basketball on the playstation I want a bit of rap so you know it it just like I said it just depends really what's your favorite sledge my favorite sledge oh (laughs) 
immediately in my head I thought blue and plastic yes, I, I mean I also did when I said it I was thinking of you <laughs> on the glacier you know down you go but your favorite oh, I got sledge. excited I was like I've never been asked what my favorite sledges before um no um what do I like I like it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit village but I like when they've got a couple of edges and you, you kind of go this this bat is batting like a polo all edges no middle <laughs> that, that is a personal favorite but yeah, I tend to get put out on the ropes this season, so I haven't been able to get my teeth into anyone really, probably for the best. And favourite wicket ever? Favourite wicket ever? Oh, big question. Um, favourite wicket ever? By me or by someone else? By you. Okay, it wasn't a favourite wicket that I've watched, because that is an even bigger question. Um, favourite wicket by me? Favourite wicket by me? Oh, I think the one that got Gads out... Uh, Hove, I think just kind of the context of the wicket. Obviously, you know she's scored a ridiculous amount of runs to the Vipers. So to kind of get her early, you're always going to be cock a hoop. But you know it was a pretty decent ball as well. So I'm not sure I've got it in the locker again, but that that's got to be up there. I think. Last TV show you binge watched? Last TV show I binge watched. So I'm actually watch. I've just finished actually watching. It's called Snowpiercer on Netflix. And it's a bit weird, to be fair, but it's like it's kind of cool. And it's like basically the world's frozen over and the only people that are living are living on this train and they get like all sorts of like domestics going on. And they've been on this train for like seven years. Yes, I got absolutely hooked on it. There are, you know, you know, Kate George, me and her were like watching it like together and like loved it. Great. Big fan. Shout out Kate George watching Snowpiercer catch up. <laughs> um, the last book you read. Last book I read, again, a massive question. This is actually really embarrassing. The last book I read, I reread Harry Potter. There is nothing embarrassing about that. <laughs> I'm here all day for that. And yeah, that is the last, the last kind of, I think that I kind of started them over Christmas because, you know, the first couple are quite like Christmassy, like vibey. And then I was like, well, I've read the first two now. I might as well read the rest. So I'd probably say that's the last book I've read in its entirety. And have you ever given anyone a really good send-off that you're really proud of? Have I ever given someone I gave Gads one that time. We've talked about it as well. We've 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 cleared the air there. But um I've given some like county aid cr- cricket, I've given some big ones. I've given some very big ones then, but uh, I'd like to think I've matured since I have not matured since then, that's just a lie. Um I remember we we had national finals and I'd been getting some I'd get some stick from the I think it was the parents on the side of the pitch. And then like said parents' daughter came in and they were like shouting on like, come on, like daughter. And I was just like, what? Like, shut up. Like, I'm leave me alone. I'm just trying to bowl. And they were like, no, oh, you're bowling. Like, I bowled wide. They were like, way. I was like, oh, ouch. So I, like, I ended up getting this girl out. I'm sure she was lovely, bless her. But I think I gave her a bit of a send off then. Probably more aimed at her parents than her though. So I had this image of you giving the parents a send off. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. If you hadn't been a cricketer or a weather girl, what would you want to do? What I wanted to do, I really wanted to be an astronaut until I until I kind of realised you've actually got to be really clever and do loads of studying for it. So I don't think that's a bit of me. Um, I genuinely don't know. I mean, I've I've always been at the age where being a cricketer's kind of been a thing. So it's, I guess I'm quite lucky there, but. I don't know, maybe coaching. I quite like coaching. Um, but then again, if I wasn't playing cricket, I probably wouldn't be that interested. In, I don't know. 
a really good question. I'd say an astronaut, just because, you know, maybe I'd have stuck with the physics a bit longer and made it to the moon. Hang on a second. You said you weren't clever, but didn't you get an A star and two A's at A level? I, I actually did, yeah. Um, it's a bit of a fluke. Well, not a bit of a fluke. I mean, I did the work, but I didn't have to sit in the exam, so I'm not sure if you can really count them, to be honest. <laughs> if I can get A stars at A level, anyone can. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I feel you on that. Favourite ice cream flavour? Favourite mint chocolate chip. Oh, that was the quickest answer we've had all day. That was very quick. That's the, that's the quickest answer we've had on one of these. So, points to oh. Wongy. Um, yeah. Favourite tea item? This is Hannah's favourite one to ask after tea her favourite item. Well, like yeah, a mug? Like, so, <laughs> like a village cricket tea. Right, what what you having? What would be your like go to thing? I was gonna think I can only think of mug and teaspoon. I love, love a teaspoon. <laughs> um, favorite item tea. I always quite liked. Some places did chicken nuggets. That was always a novelty. Um, I know. Um, was, there was okay. I'm gonna. There was a rocky road at Worthfield Cricket Club in Shropshire, and it is just absolutely unbelievable and obviously teas aren't a thing we play i played a club game a couple of weeks ago for um for worthfield like against worthfield even and obviously teas aren't a thing but our manager had like she'd messaged worthfield about look we know that teas aren't a thing but please can you make us some of your rocky road because it is the highlight of most of these girls trips to worthfield and yeah it was unbelievable so that is my favourite item of tea, actually. I've scrapped the chicken nuggets. They're a novelty, but they're not they're nothing on this rocky road. So shout out to Worfield. Izzy Wong would like Rocky Road delivered to her bubble, please. They know it as well. They know it. They know I love it. They know I love it. I took a stint on scoring just so I could, you know, dip into the box a few more times. <laughs> just um, you know, give her a year's worth of free supplies and she'll just uh, post it on the gram and be done with it. Get it on the gram. This uh, unbelievable. Genuinely I've got no words for this rocky road. It is elite. Well, it is a rocky road that we've tread. <laughs> I feel a bit humbled. Yeah, and with that horrendous pun, we can, we can round up, if you like. Alex, you got anything else to ask? Just quickly, Izzy, for our listeners, if they want to follow the great Izzy Wong, the Wongatron, Wong Ton, whatever you want to... I yes. am the Wong You can claim that. <laughs> yes, jo- Georgie Heath will claim the Wongaton. <laughs> um where can our listeners find you on social media on twitter on instagram maybe not tiktok because we have a wide I variety actually have tiktok I'm, i feel like i'm the only person under the age of 20 that doesn't have tiktok but i'm not mad about it i'm quite glad about it actually i'm actually so proud thanks um twitter and instagram i think is all 95 um keep it simple yeah i'm there Massive thank you to Wangi for coming on and being a guest on the podcast. And I'm sure there's a way we can get Wangi Free Rocky Road and a partnership with Warfield Cricket Club. Warfield, if you're listening, Izzy Wong is down for a collab. But in all seriousness, it was really great to talk to Izzy about cricket and about how the game is evolving. And she is very articulate for someone so young. And to all our listeners, if you want to keep up to date with everything we're doing, you can follow us on Twitter at WCricketChat and on Instagram at Women's Cricket Chat. And if you want to give us a like on Facebook, we are Women's Cricket Chat.
And if you wanted to give our personal Twitters a follow, Hannah is at HannahTee1194 and I'm at Alex Jane Pereira. This has been Women's Cricket Chat. Tune in next time. Thank you.